about this Savior born to human beings. Man, Mary, did you know? Thanks again, Cheryl. You know, we ought to worship that baby. Because not only did he stay a baby, but he grew up. And he lived in the world that you and I live in. And he knew what it was like to go through the struggles and the challenges. Oh, thank you, sir. Children's Church, eight years old and younger. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Callie. Better? Well, y'all got it light. Tim could probably handle that by himself. <laughs> Amen. I know he's got a blessing set apart for him. What's my point in all this about Mary knowing, about Joseph knowing who this baby was? Is that man was created to worship. Mankind was created to worship something or someone. In fact, after buying a new home in California, actors Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes were having a heated argument about family finances. Now, I don't know why they would have arguments about money uh, as much as they got. But anyway, Tom said, if it weren't for my money, this house wouldn't be here. To which Katie said, my dear, if it weren't for your money, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> I wonder how true that is. Who's your favorite actor or actress? Anybody? Michael Landon, okay, little Joe, amen. Who else? John Come on, help me out. John Wayne. John Wayne the Duke, amen. Who else? Who's your favorite Jim actor? Carrey. Who? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Who else? Favorite actor or actress? Help me out. Jennifer Aniston, did I hear? Amen, I'll go along with that. <laughs> Not because of that reason. She's a good actress, amen. <laughs> uh -huh, she said. Clint Eastwood, come on, guys, where you at? Clint, huh? Brad, why? Brad Pitt, my foot. Who else? Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley. I knew that was coming. Who else? Favorite actors or actresses? George Lopez. Okay, George Lopez. Who else? Come on, guys. Who? Durant. Who else? Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Amen. We're talking about favorite actors and actresses, y'all. Help us out. Cary Grant. Cary Grant. Who? Morgan Freeman's a good one. Who? Don Knotts. Yeah, that's a great one. Yes, sir. Johnny Cash. All right. Who else? Ginger Rogers. Julia Roberts. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry about that. Uh, how about Audrey Hepburn? Denzel Washington. Anybody else got one they want to mention? I can't believe the Motley Crew back there don't have one. Y'all watch movies. What's your favorite actor, Andy? Yeah. Actress. Actress? Yeah. I support the Jennifer Aniston one. He supports the Jennifer Aniston one? That's good. Who? Patrick Swayze. That's a good one, too, man. That's right. Say that again? Meryl Streep. Good one. Good one. Man, I tell you what, there's just a ton of them, amen? Who? Gotta put Tommy Lee Jones in there. Gotta put Tommy Lee Jones in there. He's been around a while, sure has. But you know, as many actors and actresses as there are, 
It seems like to many people, these actors and actresses have almost become like gods. Whether it's good news or whether it's bad news, it seems like they're always in the news. Amen? Uh, these actors and actresses, they've even got their own network. Anybody ever heard of the E network? I mean, that E network keeps, keeps uh, control and keeps telling us about all their comings and goings. Um, for better or for worse, for some reason, people love to love celebrities. They love to love celebrities. But uh, as some have finally said, uh, all those celebrities, they put their pants on one leg at a time just like me and you. Amen? They're still human. And no human being is to be worshipped and no thing is to be worshipped. Let me ask you another question. Materially speaking, materially speaking, what is one thing you feel you can't live without? Clean sheets. Clean sheets. <laughs> that's not what I expected, but that's a good one. Help me out. A what? Phone. A cell phone. That was what I picked. Who else? Car. A car. What else? Love. Lo okay, that's I'm, that's, that's that's materially speaking. A house. What else? Lip. Who said that? Lip gloss. That's good. I was I actually written down makeup. <laughs> I love it. One thing you can't live without. Video games. That was yours. I've heard many women say, you know, I can live without a lot of things, but makeup I cannot live without. Amen. Uh, electricity. That's kind of a thing, right? One thing you can't, you feel like you can't live without. A T, ooh, that's a good one. A TV. A lot of things we think we can't live without. But some people forget that material things are just things. Amen. Material things are just things. And you remember what Jesus said. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and when, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Why? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What is it you treasure most in your life? What else? That's right. You know, whatever that thing is, Whatever that person is, whoever that person is, that's where your heart is. Is the thing or person you treasure the most your child? If that's the case, that's where your heart is. Grandma and granddaddy is the one that you treasure the most, that grandchild? If that's the case, that's where your heart is. What about that good job you got? Is that what you treasure most? If so, guess what? That's where your heart is. 
What about your bank account? <laughs> I was thinking that. What about your truck? Huh? If that's what you treasure most, is that where your heart is? Everybody knows Brother Chad keeps a, a mighty clean truck. Amen. What was it you said to me Wednesday? I said, man, he, saw, he told me, he said, uh, that, that truck is a 2003. And I said, man, it sure don't look like it. He said, that's right. <laughs> Am I right? Did I say it right? I that's right. <laughs> Amen. Man loves his truck. But you know, whatever it is that we treasure the most, that's where our heart is. Now, I know it's okay to like things. I like some things. And it's certainly okay to love some people because I love some people. Amen. I love me some people. Amen. I love me some people. But we must not worship them. We must not worship them. Obviously, we should worship the Christ most of all. I love the marquees I've been seeing around town. They say, wise men still worship Christ. Wise men still seek him. Wise men still worship the Lord. And just as the wise men did as they came from the east, tis the season to worship Christ. Today, I'd like to share with you several verses that I believe tell us exactly what happens when you and I sincerely worship the Christ named Jesus. The first thing that happens when we truly worship the Lord is we give back to Christ. In your Bibles, in chapter 2 of Matthew, the Word of God says in verse 9, when they heard the king, talking about the three wise men, when they heard King Herod, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These wise men traveled a long way to worship this child. And then when they came to Mary's house, the word says that they literally physically humbled themselves. They physically humbled themselves before this Christ child. Friend, when was the last time you bowed in worship? When was the last time you physically humbled yourself in worship of God. I know like our CIA young people, your heads are often bowed and your eyes are often closed when you pray and I think that's a great thing. But what happens then? 
heads are bowed and eyes are closed. But what happens then? Do we just ask God for stuff? At CIA, we have prayed for more animals than there are in Anderson, Alabama. When heads are bowed and eyes are closed, do we just ask God for stuff? Do we just ask God to make us and our families well? Do we just, just ask God, Lord, help me in this time of trouble? Or do we spend a moment just to honor him? For who he is. With heads bowed and eyes closed. Do we just praise him. For all he's done. Do we thank him. For his love for us. That never ceases. I think daily. Maybe even hourly. We ought to worship that way. Author E.M. Bounds wrote a book on prayer. And in that book, he said that Confederate General Stonewall Jackson was a man of prayer. And Jackson said, I have so fixed the habit of prayer in my mind that I never raise a glass of water to my lips unless I have asked God's blessing on that water. I've never sealed a letter without putting a word of prayer underneath that seal. I've never taken a letter from the post office without sending my thoughts heavenward. He says, I never changed my classes in the lecture room without a few minutes petition for the cadets who are leaving and those who are coming in. Man, that's worship. That is worship. That is prayer. To give thanks for a cup of water? Are you kidding me? Are we that thankful? To thank God above for a cup of water. I know we're often aware and, and many times we're very thankful for, for the big things and the big blessings that God gives us. But what about those day-to-day -day small blessings that God just showers us with? Like a cup of water. Three square meals a day. What about a warm bed to sleep in? How about a house to live in? What about a car to drive? What about a decent job to provide for your family? Those day-to-day -day small blessings is something that we can worship God for. So don't only count your blessings but make sure you consider the source, amen? In other words, don't count your blessings without 
about blessing the giver of the blessings. Friends, that is worship. Not just on Sunday morning, and I love to see that. I love that you've come here to, to worship God and encourage others and to sing and to, to study the word of God. But worship happens daily. Perhaps hourly. As we're praising and thanking God for all that he's done. The wise men came and bowed and worshipped the Christ. They bowed and prayed. And they bowed and praised. Amen. The Christ child. Friends, that's worship. That's worship. And not only did the wise men bow and worship, but they also gave gifts. And you know what they gave gifts of? What was the first one? They gave gifts of gold. Do you know how much gold is right now? Nearly $2,000 an ounce. For a coin that big, $2,000. And they opened their treasure boxes. And I sensed that it was full of it. Amen? That was a gift. That's a real gift. And why did they give it to him? They gave it to him in worship. Friends, listen to me. These were not cheap gifts. They didn't go to the dollar store like I do. Amen. <laughs> These weren't cheap gifts. These weren't just leftovers. Well, I got a couple extra bucks. This was not a couple of dollars thrown into the offering plate. These gifts were first rate. These gifts were top of the heap. These gifts were the best. That they could possibly give. What do you give. The Lord. To worship the Lord. Is to give back a mere portion. Of what he's so bountifully given to you. As a result of that fact. The Bible teaches us. That Christians ought to give 10% of their income back to God. I think that's a good start. Amen. I think that's just a good start. Because 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says, remember this. Talking to Christians, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. But whoever sows generously will reap generously. And then it says, each person should give. Did y'all hear that? Each, what does that mean? Every one of them. Each Person should give and give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. And then listen to this. God is able to make all his grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, God will abound to you in every good work. What's that mean? When you give to God, he's got your back. When you give to God, you ain't got to sweat it. 
God's got your back. You'll have all that you need all the time, having all things, all you need. You see, like the wise men, God has given us a choice. He's given us a choice to either give or not to give. Them guys didn't have to give. We do have the choice to give or not to give. But how in the world can we not give to God who's so richly given to us? How can we not do that? How can I not worship God in this area of material things? True and sincere worship means that we give back to Christ. But it also means that in worship, we serve Christ. Let me share with you in Acts chapter 13. Just a couple of verses there. Now, in the church, this is one of the first churches that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been uh, brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, who was later known as Paul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. And being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. In true worship, people get moved into action. The Bible says that God's word will not return void. So in other words, when God's word falls on our heart, we will be moved to act. We will be moved to action. Here while worshiping the Lord, the Holy Spirit did a miraculous work in their lives. And through these men, the Holy Spirit encouraged them to get a move on. To get a move on. But the reason they were to serve was because the Holy Spirit of God was doing this work in them. Where did it all start? In worship. They were praying. They were fasting. Together, they were worshiping. So it all came as a result of worshiping the Lord. Friend, can I tell you this? That when a person is dramatically affected by another, it drives them to change. When a person is strongly affected in this life by another person, it moves them to act. When the Holy Spirit of God is in you, believer... And he is, if you're a believer, when the Holy Spirit of God is in you, he moves you to act. He moves you to get busy. So how can we know if the Holy Spirit is in you or not? Well, if you got one believer sitting idle, doing nothing. 
might be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. It's a no-brainer, amen? Which one is filled? The one who's been moved to act. Let me give you an example. Many young boys have become baseball players as a result of the Major League Baseball players they've watched on TV. I got one for you. Future Hall of Fame baseball player Roger Clemens said that he admired and imitated and greatly respected pitcher Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan was a Major League Baseball player from 68 to 93. Now, Nolan Ryan was a hard-throwing right-handed pitcher who threw pitches regularly recorded at over 100 miles an hour. That's a fastball, amen? That's a fastball. But the thing is, he did it even past the age of 40. So Nolan Ryan was worthy of the respect. But as a young man, Roger Clemens would often sneak into the Astrodome to watch Nolan Ryan, his hero known as the Ryan Express. And Roger's admiration or his worship of Nolan Ryan changed the course of his life. It changed the course of his life and moved him into action. He wanted to become the very best baseball player that he could be. He wanted to be just like his hero. You see, what we worship, what we adore, who we follow, who we admire, is often what we want to become. Do you admire the Lord Jesus? Are you following Jesus? Do you want to become like Jesus? If you do, you got to do what he was doing. What was he doing? He was sharing the good news of the kingdom. There was not one person, good, evil, or otherwise, that he didn't want to come into the kingdom of God. He wanted them all to come to know him as Savior. He wanted them all to be a part of the kingdom of God. Want to be more like Jesus? Do what he did. Minister to others. Share the good news of the kingdom for others. Teach others about what the word of God says. And I believe you do that long enough, slowly but surely, we start becoming more and more like he whom we worship, Jesus. Ted and Beverly Skiles founded a children's orphanage called the Home of God's Love in Taiwan back in the summer of 75. Now, Taiwan, if you don't know, is an island in the Pacific Ocean off the southeast coast of China that's over 8,000 miles from home. 8,000 miles from the United States. But it was there that Todd and Beverly cared for hundreds of orphans. Why? What would lead them to leave home and serve God 8,000 miles from home? True worship. Sincere worship of God is what moved them to act. Moved them into action. 
as I read that illustration, I began to reflect on my own life. And I wondered, how is it that I got interested in preaching? It's not something that I wanted to do initially. Now, I know God called me to preach, but what tools did he use? Well, I know that he used my pastor, Brother Ronnie Jones, who faithfully led me to worship God, but he also led me to use my gifts in a way that brought God glory. God used Brother Ronnie, but it all started with my worship of God. And my sincere, true worship of God moved me to act. I could not resist any longer. I had to do what God wanted me to do. That worship of God led me and moved me to act. That's what sincere worship does. Not only does it lead you to give back to Christ, but it encourages you to serve Christ. Finally, I believe that in worship, we also draw near to God. On further in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 16, in verse 13, listen to the story about this lady. And on the Sabbath day, we, Luke is the author of Acts, it was uh, Luke and Paul and uh, um, Silas and several others, on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made and we sat down and we spoke to the women who met there. Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who worshiped God. And the Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me with to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And so she persuaded us. Lydia was just a businesswoman. Selling purple cloth. Just a businesswoman. And one day she had gone down to this prayer meeting with some other ladies. Now the scriptures tell us that there was no doubt that she already knew God. She knew God. But she wanted to know more. She wanted to go know God more. And while attending this one particular prayer meeting, Paul and Silas show up invaded the privacy of their nice, quiet little meeting. They show up, and, and Paul spoke to all these women about Jesus. And at least one of them responded. One of them, in their worship, was moved to act. You see, Lydia already believed in God to begin with. But she believed even more. After Paul shared that God wanted a relationship with her. That God wasn't just satisfied with just her worship. He wanted to have a relationship with Lydia. He wanted to be intimate. He wanted to, to be with her everywhere she went. She was so moved by the gospel of Jesus Christ that she was baptized, and through her testimony, the members of all her household were baptized as well. If you don't get this, don't get anything else. Just get this today. 
What we do in life does have an effect on our family members. What you do or don't do has a direct effect on your family. If you're raised in the faith, more than likely, your family will too. If you're faithful to serve the Lord, there's a pretty good chance that your children will also. But if our faith doesn't mean anything to us, it's probably not going to mean anything to them. If we look at serving God like a pain in the neck, our kids are probably going to look at it the same way. If Jesus is not the priority in our lives, they're not going to be in theirs either. If prayer is not important to us, it's not going to be important to them either. If drawing close to God is something we could care less about, then our kids will likely never have that intimate relationship with God they need. Lydia drew near to God. She drew near to God in her worship, and as a result of that, so did her family. And as she drew near to God, God led her and her family to surrender to him in both faith and obedience. You see, any time that a person worships the Lord in true humility, putting themselves aside for the moment, worshiping only the Lord God Almighty, then they will be led to surrender. They'll be led to surrender to God. They'll desire to be baptized. They'll start learning their Bible. They'll begin growing in their faith, and they will begin serving the Lord. When they worship with true humility. In honest and sincere worship, we draw near to God. And can I tell you, that's his greatest desire, is that we draw near to him. How do I know that? Well, the author of Hebrews wrote it in chapter 10. He said, let us draw near to God. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, in full assurance of the faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to that hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Having a hard time these days? Remember this. He who promised is faithful. And then the author of that Hebrews book wrote in chapter 12, Therefore, because of that worship, because we ought to be drawing near to God, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Therefore, let us be thankful. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for God is our consuming fire. 
God is our everything. Therefore, let us be thankful and worship him with all reverence and awe. Friend, this season, let us allow our worship of God to do a good work in our lives. In worship, we give back to Christ. In worship, we serve Christ. In worship, we draw near to God. If you would do that this season, it'll be the best Christmas you ever had. I mean, how can we come into the presence of God and not be moved to act? How can we come in the presence of Almighty God and not be moved to change? Tis the season to worship the Lord. Will you give back? Will you serve? Will you draw near to him? who wants that above everything else in your life. In worship, let us draw near to God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord above, you are our consuming fire. And Lord, we pray today that you would move us to act as we have worshiped you sincerely. Father, whatever it is you want to do in our lives, we humble ourselves to say thank you for choosing us. Lord, whatever the decision to be made is this morning, Lord, I pray you would do a mighty work. And that, Father, you would use us as your children, your instruments, your servants. Father, we pray you would use us to grow the kingdom of God and to bring you the glory you so richly deserve. So Lord, whether it's a decision for someone to come to faith in Christ for the first time, or someone to go into the mission field, whatever the case is, Lord, we pray you would have your will in your way in that person's life. In the name above all names, wonderful, counselor, almighty God, prince of peace, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. His name is Jesus. 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 Praying in his name. And all God's people said.